2: All right, guys, welcome back, Earn Your Leisure, Cali edition, Hometown Heroes edition, actually. That's a fact. I believe our guest is from the great city of Compton, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, <laughs> city <laughs> of Compton. So this, is, this, this is something that I personally have been looking forward to for a while. I've checked this gentleman out online, been following him online, and just a lot of clips that he puts out, different interviews, and things of that nature, and just a real sharp very sharp young man and um, articulates himself very well and speaks very fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, once he starts speeding, I tell you, when he, when, when he starts speeding up, it's like, yo, yeah. hold on. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty dope to watch on, on Instagram. Um, so the the gentleman that I'm talking about is Reza Islam and he's an activist, he's a author, humanitarian, um, social media influencer, uh, all of the above, entrepreneur, and um, just a very dynamic guy. So I reach, he actually reached out to him a couple months ago, but he, he just he, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it was perfect timing. Nah, everything happens. Everything's supposed to happen. So as you guys know, we're in California for the month, and um, we've been getting nothing but love, great treatment out here. And um, this might be the last interview that we actually do, so it's um, a oh, fitting. Gotta make it count, man. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fitting. So it's, I'm very. LA's been great to us. Yeah, that's shout right. out to Cali, man. So I'm very excited to have this conversation. We're gonna talk about a variety of different things in regards to economics. So first and foremost, um, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'm yeah.
1: honored, brothers. I'm honored. Again, like I said, it would have been you know sooner, but like you said, you know, it all happens for a reason. I'm just thankful to be here, man. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: a, that's a fact. Yes, that's sir. a fact. Yes, so let's 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 kick it off. Um, you know, it's interesting because our, our platform is based on, you know, economics, finances, business. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, shout out to Val, she's, she's actually one of the people that inspired me to get into social media. And she was, mm-hmm. she was like, yo, I don't know if you are aware of this, but there's a whole movement on black Twitter about how black capitalism is actually bad and is not good. And she was like, I, want, I don't want your platform to not get ahead of this curve. Like, right. at the very least, y'all should address it. And I'm like, all right, you know, we're open source platform. We don't really take opinions. We give yeah. people different. And I'm like, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, I personally might not subscribe to that. But let me let me hear, let me, uh, so mm-hmm. are you familiar with that sentiment? And what are your thoughts on black capitalism? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'll say this. First of all, capitalism is capitalism. That's just, you know, you know, plain and clear all the way around the board. But I'm not too familiar with it. I do know when it comes to capitalism and using uh, the leverage of society for economic gains, depending on what it is—products, business, etc.—it has its ups and downs. I know that. Uh, I know capitalism has been used for the majority in a negative way, as it pertains to our people, when it comes to what has been done to our people uh, on the part of major businesses and corporations. So I know that. But then again, it can be used, you know, in a in a good way, in a beneficial way. But it, it depends upon how you do it, and it has to be based on integrity and really caring for the people more than money. You see what I'm saying? So I mean, that's that's. I'll leave it at that. That's yeah. pretty much all I can say on that. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. That's why I feel. I, I kind of feel like it's, everything in life is a balance. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, we talk about capitalism, socialism. I think there's good and bad parts of everything. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're in a capitalistic society, all whether we long. hate it or love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of like either participate or sit on the sideline, but yeah. the game is still going to be played. Absolutely. That's how you know I know how you use it. All right. That's it. Let me ask you this, because... um, a lot of people, I think, speak about things that they might hear, and mm-hmm. they don't really have a full understanding. Like me personally, I never really like to talk about stuff that I don't have a full understanding of. Yeah, a, I don't wanna just embarrass myself, and mm-hmm. B, I don't wanna spread false information. Absolutely. But um, you actually, you're, you're a very knowledgeable guy. I can tell Appreciate you read a lot. <laughs> So um, best, yeah, so <laughs> when, we, when we talk about these things as far as um, the IMF and the international monetary system mm-hmm. and different banks and things of that nature, mm-hmm. can you give us a? a no, he's, he's, uh, see, it's getting heated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. can, can you give us an a, a, a education on what mm-hmm. that? Because like you said, you see that a lot. I see that a lot on social media and, and a lot of conspiracy theories. And you know, I'm one of these people where I kind of I hate conspiracy theories, but some of them are true. Right. True. There's gotta be some truth in it. Yeah. It's it's like, it's just, it is what it is. So Mm -hmm. how does that affect the day-to-day average working class person who's not at, at the top of the mountain as far as economics?
1: I'll say this. First of all, um, at this time, uh, because we are in the age of information, which is again, like you said, things have to be balanced. There is a good and there's a bad, uh, Extremely on both ends now when it comes to this because now people are literally living their lives based upon what they think. Right <laughs> that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's people f- won't, they're going to run outside. Okay, wait, so COVID? <laughs> all right, COVID. If I run outside butt naked, I'm going to get COVID. You're going to have somebody doing this. <laughs> and this fact. is real talk. This is how dangerous this thing is. <laughs> so you got to be careful, everybody, with <laughs> what you post. First of all, secondly, um, there are conspiracy documentarians. Okay, that's a shout out to Dr. Wesley Muhammad. People who actually have the documented evidence to back up what they're talking about, mm-hmm. I'm more so on that area. Okay, where we 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 we're with the conspiracy documents, where with the uh, the realists when it comes to what's really going on, but we stick away from all the conspiracy theories. I can sift through them. Trust me when I say there are so many. There's, there's, there's so many. Yeah, it's a billion. This fuck, bro, it, you will never get out of that rabbit hole. You will yo, be down and yeah, nah, it's night. crazy. It's it, crazy. Yeah. So be careful, you know, <laughs> with what
3: y'all. Nah, I'm only saying it because
0: <laughs> we encountered one day, like a couple of weeks ago, and it was oh. just like, yo, where, where did you get this from, Come on, bro? And I let, was let like, all right, nah, nah, we'll, we'll talk after okay, okay, this. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, all right, I, I'll put it this
1: way: conspiracy theorists, um pretty much if they can cause controversy, can grab attention, they will. Um, these are people who want to see, they, they're, they're truth seekers for the majority. Some of them can go extremely overboard, wearing aluminum caps all day, <laughs> you know, looking at you like, you know, are you a human, you're a reptilian, you know, what? I know you're You a clone, you're clones you know, I mean, bro, it, it, it gets, gets real. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. gets deep. So, and when you go into that realm, it really doesn't matter what color you are, black, white, whatever, people are just really in that realm. So, I'll say be very careful. Of who you're listening to. And if you are a person with a large platform, be careful about what you share. Fact yeah. check. Fact check at point. least five times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to cross-reference and cross-reference and cross-reference and cross-reference. Now that that's another thing when it comes to facts, you gotta make sure you cross-reference things because sometimes things can sound really believable, bro. And depending on who says it, it can sound very convincing. Yeah. We're we're charismatic. And I saw it yesterday. I saw it, you know. It's like, okay, I gotta believe them. It's like yeah. no 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 no. Check it for yourself, because if you have influence over people, you will literally control their lives. And if they go out and do something and they hurt themselves, that's on your hands. I mean, really, we got to be responsible, right? So just be careful with the conspiracy theories, but check things. You know, don't be what Ms. Farrakhan calls a lazy learner. Don't be a surface learner. If you really want to learn about that, you want to post it, okay, go, go take an extra 20, 30 minutes and really fact check it. If you're gonna post it, don't just post it to get some damn views <laughs> and likes, y'all. We gotta stop being hoes for likes. You say that. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, nah, that's cool. go, oh, that's cool. 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 Stop cool. being hoes for likes. We've heard worse. We've
2: heard oh, worse. God. It's real. We gotta, we gotta
1: really pull away from that, cause that's really what it is today, man. People just those likes, and views, and 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 also a lot of people sincerely want to help. That's another thing. A lot of celebrities, a lot of y'all are just starting to step into being an intellectual, so you're learning, and so you really like, man, I want to help my people who are, who are following, my my 10, my 20, my 30 million followers, but be careful. I've seen some stuff from certain artists and celebrities, and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> did you just post? And I'll be like, if I can get in touch with them, I will, yeah. you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you're not supposed yeah. to just publicly bash. Yeah. That's another yeah. thing. Like, oh, y'all saw this crazy nigga say.
0: <laughs> 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 Let me call you on the private line. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you
1: can Reach out to them personally because they may not know. Right. There's a lot of celebrities, brother, who, who come to me uh, for consulting about things because they really didn't know. And I'll tell them, no, 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 no. That's that's not that's not true. Let me send you the facts on that, and then they see it and like, oh man, I was about to make a big mistake on that one. You know, so we have to, we have to have enough love for one another to make sure we put out what is proper, what's right, what's factual, and with solutions, preferably, if you can. If it's another problem you're gonna post, post it with a solution if you can. That's another thing. Everybody right now, we know all the damn problems in the world, bro. It's, it's so many negative things going on, but we need some positive to go with it, like you said, to keep that balance.
2: So the IMF,
1: what's the deal with that? International Monetary Fund. Okay, so here we go, y'all. Some of y'all know about this. Uh, <laughs> International out. Monetary Fund. You're talking about the organization that funds countries. They give loans out to countries, uh, and they basically enslave countries. This is pretty much what they do. So they say, listen, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like a rich pimp organization, I'm going to say it like that. It's not slander, damn it, it's what it is. So they go and loan money and they say this is your lump sum here, pay it back in increments of this amount, you know, every year, every month, whatever. And this is what you can use for whatever, you know, building your your economy, building this, your businesses, et cetera, to stimulate it, whatever. And um that's what they do. The issue is when they put a high level of interest on these things that is impossible for these countries to pay back. Now, as a part of the agreements if they default or if they break the agreement, then there are other options that kick in. Okay, well we can take control of your ports. We can take control of your airports. We can take control of this or that if you default on the loan. You see what I'm saying? This, mm-hmm. is, the, this is the criminal stuff that they do. And they've done it to countries all throughout Africa and all throughout the world. They know what they're doing. You know, you, them along with the other banks, international banks, and who loan money at high interest to control foreign nations and foreign leaders to get them under the control and under the umbrella of those who they control. So then you'll see other countries and nations doing some crazy as hell stuff to their citizens and to their people in order. But it's like it's not them; they're being controlled, and now the people who own them are now writing their policies. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that, that's the power behind economics. You gotta understand what's going on. And you you'd have to be like Fidel Castro in Cuba. You have to stand on integrity and say, I'd rather not take nothing from you and stand on integrity for my people he was willing to do that and of course America put sanctions on them wouldn't allow other countries to help them right. they're still recycling cars from the 60s and yeah. the 70s bro right. they still doing that yeah. they're like hold on don't throw that away what you doing we could put that here don't don't you know it's a serious thing because they have that much integrity we will not be pimped we will not be enslaved you know for a foreign nation that does not have our interest our best interest. So, you know, that's that's really what the IMF does and what it is. Has it done some good? I'm sure it has done some good, the issues is that we have people at that level. Um, it's usually backed by special interest groups who have a, a, a wicked intent, and they have demonstrated that in what they do to our countries.
2: That's a
0: lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was in a nutshell. Man, that's yeah. pretty much yeah. what's. Make sure you study more. There's a lot more information to learn about it, but definitely.
2: And it sounds. I'm interested to get your take on because what you said a lot sounds like what China is is oh, currently yeah. doing all over the world. And it's interesting yeah. because we've um we spoke about China, especially like what they're doing in Africa and the Caribbean. And um, but we spoke to an entrepreneur in Nigeria. Like he's actually lives in Nigeria, and I asked him, like, you know, what's your thoughts on it? He's like, honestly, um, you know, China's doing what's in the best interest of China, but it's business at the end of the day. It's not Mm -hmm. like nobody's coming and and putting a gun to anybody's head and making them do this and things of that nature. So they was like, you know, um, we have to, you know, kind of have some accountability, leadership and the public and things of that nature. So how do you feel about that? Because that's another hot topic as far as China.
1: I'm glad you said that as as it pertains to what the brother who lives in Nigeria said, because a lot of the leaders have been bought out. That's another thing that people really got to understand when they say, well, China, China, China. It's like, hold on, first of all, Many of the African leaders have been bought out, they have literally taken the money from China, just like they took money from America, just like they took money from other <laughs> nations, Europe, etc., to allow them to come in and do whatever it is they want to do uh, with the different agreements, whatever those agreements may be. The issue is that many people in Africa, and I meet with a lot of them, I've been awarded by a number of African organizations, international organizations for my humanitarian work and my activism. They tell me to my face, they say, brother, 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 you need to understand that a lot of our leaders have sold out. They have, and they, 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 they hate it, brother. They're like, we do our best to stand as a people, to stand as, you know, I'm Zimbabwean, or I'm Ghanaian, or I'm Nigerian. But then some of them are just like, well, this is a new world. It's a new time. You know, it's a new time. You know, if they want to come in and give us money, fine. They don't look at the fact that you can pull your resources together. You live, you have the wealth under your feet. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can access that and you can use it independently to work with your other African brothers and African nations, but again, because you have a outside foreign power that has come in and has divided you from one another, has come in, usurped your power, killed your leaders, put in CIA agents in the place of certain leaders. This is America's foreign policy because that also has a lot to do with economics. Uh, You definitely wanna look at that. You have to uh, read a book by the name of uh, The Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Where they talk about how they set up coups to get rid of like foreign Iran, leaders. Leaders. Iran. Foreign Iran leaders, Iran foreign leaders, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they they do that. The show, they, of, they, Iran. They, they, the show they, of Iran, they set yes, it. Sir. they prop- They did it with Libya. They did it with Iraq. They did any nation that does not agree with the foreign policies to allow them to have access to the wealth. Libya with money. Colonel Gaddafi. Oh yeah, with Colonel Muammar Gaddafi. Can you any talk about of, that? Oh, I will. Oh yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> no, I, no, that's all right. See, all right. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm done>. <laughs> 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 whatever you need, brother. I'm just saying, get ready for it. I'll say it again this way. The African leaders who have not sold out, we thank you. Stand strong, brothers, because I know a lot of you who follow my network and this network and other networks, you're watching, you're listening. You have to maintain integrity. Menas Farrakhan said, stand strong, stand strong. If you must die on that, then you must die on that, but stand strong for the people, for Africa, for the nation, for us as a diaspora. Do not sell out to this enemy because they do not have our best interests at hand. They don't. They don't care about us. That's the point. China has their own interests, like you said. It's China, and if it's business, you agree to it. It's business, so I can't argue with that. However, a lot of nations in uh, in Africa now, a lot of countries are now they rethinking that.
3: Hmm. Now
1: they're trying to come out of deals. Now they're trying to figure out a way to get around it. Like, okay, you know, we didn't read this section of this part of this subsection in the agreement It's like a record contract. Oh man. yeah, man, and, 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 you know, them 360 deals <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, got, they, they got the they for the country <laughs> Got the advance. You <laughs> call <laughs> your lawyer 2 years later, he like, "Uh, nah, did you know about that?" No, nah, <laughs> I'm gonna need my country back. Bro, Seriously? Like, "Oh, damn, y'all got me. I didn't know that." You know, bringing that that independent uh what is it called? Audit. Those auditors. So, that's what's happening now, but again, if we stand strong, if you make the agreements with China, you're going to have to go along with the agreement or find a way to get out of it. But we have to stand strong as a people. At the end of the day, we must do for self or suffer the consequences. We have the power. We have the wealth. We just need the unity. That's all we need. Okay. So that's all I really got to say on that, because at the end of the day, a lot of those countries really did get involved willingly. And that's the that's the issue. Um, And I'm not saying I'm not saying anything negative about China because it's business. Yeah. And, and yeah. I will never say China is worse than America. So let's never get that twisted. Cause people are like China, China, ah stop it. We're still dealing with stuff in America right now. From beyond Breonna Taylor all the way down as being murdered, China ain't out here killing black folk. Okay. All right, so let's just make that clear. But and everybody else when it comes to that type of situation. But Libya now, you sure you want to go into that? <laughs> <laughs> just like, I mean, it is economics, brother. It was I mean, he did a beautiful job. You know, Colonel Muammar Gaddafi, may I lobby, please? Um, First of all, I don't listen to Western media about foreign leaders, that's the first thing. I don't listen to what America has to say about a Libyan leader, America has to say about a Mexican leader, Hawaiian leader, Chinese, uh, uh, uh. because again, America has their own interests, just like China has their own, everyone has their own. So I'd rather listen to their media because they do have media Some of y'all don't know Africa has buildings and (laughs) cars. Man, man, we be tripping, bro. really be tripping. Are they still living in huts, brother? The huts in like, Man, y'all, stop stop showing them commercials with little children with their stomachs out with flies on them. Yeah, feed
0: a kid for a dollar. Come on, man, if y'all don't knock this, 2020. We gotta stop.
1: Bro, the technology, I mean, come on. So (laughs) I had to say that, because people really be tripping. But in Libya, under Colonel Muammar Gaddafi, it was free... uh, Wow, that's an old song. Uh, There is, there was, free healthcare. There was free education. When you got married, he would give the family anywhere between five to $25,000 for getting married. Um, If you wanted to till land and grow your own food, they would give you a tractor, give you seeds, and give you a certain plot of land for you to grow your own food. Um, If you wanted to go to school in a foreign nation or to another country, go abroad, Libya would sponsor that. They would pay for your room and board. They would pay for the tuition in whatever country you went to. All of these things America ain't doing no so debt. So it's kind of no, like no, no, that, right? no debt, right? Come on, bro. as a country, as a country, yeah, free no healthcare, that. free. No, and I'm not saying that free horrible. I mean <laughs> free good healthcare. Before Colonel Muammar Gaddafi took over the leadership of Libya, it was the poorest country. After he took over the leadership and started to work on it, it became the most wealthy country in Africa. Had zero debt. It owed no one. The IMF, It didn't know any other foreign countries, European countries. No, they were free of debt, debt-free. See, that right there, that lets me know, ah, no wonder they attacked him, called him a dictator. You know, so he's a horrible this and horrible that. But wait a minute, he's doing for his people what America claims she's doing for hers. You're not doing any of this. You're not even doing a, a 30th of what mm-hmm. they're doing. So it's like, how can you be so hypocritical to even try to open your mouth and talk about a leader over there who's actually giving his people these different things that you say you're giving yours. Nah, that's that's not how it goes. So he built it into an economic power that was independent, and he was going to come together with the other over 53 uh, countries in Africa to create a joint currency. African Union. An African mm-hmm. Union. Yeah. Which, I mean, bro, when you're talking about money and economics, that is the most powerful move that could have ever been done on the planet because then he would remove, they would bankrupt the European Pound. They would bankrupt the American dollar. They would bankrupt the Chinese yen, They'd bankrupt every other form of currency because you are backing your wealth based off of the mineral resources underneath your feet, and Africa got all of them.
0: Yeah, go so like,
1: Everybody gonna bow down to the African currency, and it was like, hell no, we're not gonna do that. Hell no, we're not gonna do that. We are not gonna have no niggas on no paper, mm. and you, I'm gonna have to use that. I'm just being real, okay? We're not gonna, we're not gonna have that, yeah. you know. And, and again, because a lot of people know about this, but a lot of people didn't. And that we don't understand that when it comes to economics and money, color becomes less important at the top. There's Mm. some black people who's helping to push evil. There's some Arabs doing it. There's some Chinese, there's some white. There's a lot of people at the top and that color line becomes less important. It becomes power now. That's what Ding did. Yeah, yeah, in my <laughs> head, <laughs> I'm like, yo, he bro, bro, said it in, in a different language than you said. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, same, but same yeah, message, he yeah, said just said, said differently. <laughs> differently. God, yeah, yeah. You, he said the same thing. Same
2: brother.
0: exact but, thing. But thing. Yeah. Talk.
1: Power only respects power. So yeah. if I got a billion, and you got a bill and we can sit at the table, but if I'm black and you white, okay, well, it's like, okay, well, we wanna buy this. <laughs> right. I don't give a damn about your color right now. We, even <laughs> if I did, it don't matter, we talking about money We're talking right about now. some money. Exactly, you see what I'm saying?
0: This, this was a history lesson. So speaking of economics, because I, I suppose you prior to this, but can we talk about the, in- the internal banking families of Europe? Oh, man. Can we give a history of that? And so that, when, when I yes. talked about the young gentleman who came, he was speaking about uh, some, some theories, they came up and I was just like, that's interesting because I've never heard him talk like that before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know he doesn't have all the knowledge. So can you Mm -hmm. enlighten us all?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give a little bit here. First of all, uh, people try to argue and say that it is a conspiracy theory when you are talking about David Rockefeller. When you're talking about uh, the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, this is actual fact. There's nothing. There's no theoretical anything behind it. They met off the coast of Jekyll Island, (laughs) of Georgia. They met off the coast on a small island. You're talking about. David Rockefeller and some other individuals to come up with a way where they could take control over the monetary policies of America. The Federal Reserve has nothing to do with the United States Constitution. It states in the United States Constitution that Congress shall hold the right to print the money and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. But who is the Federal Reserve? They have nothing to do with America. They are a gangster group, a third party, mm-hmm. who came in and they took over these banking systems from Europe and then they gradually moved into the rest of the planet. By the time they got to America, that's when 1913 came along with the passing of the Federal Reserve Act. And once that happened, all of the power to print money, coin money, etc., turned over into the Federal Reserve and no longer Congress. It used to say a silver certificate at the top of the dollar. Mm. It said silver certificate, meaning, oh, this is backed by silver. OK. Or it was backed by gold. gold right. OK. But then it switched to Federal Reserve note. What the hell does that mean? And now the money system is not under the people. It's not under the Congress. It's not under our control, per se. It's under the, the control of a third party gangster group organization that uses it to control and enslave the planet. That's what that is about. Hence why the economy is so high. They use war to make money. But if they use the war to make money, then the dollar goes further into debt, therefore having less worth, higher inflation. Mm-hmm. So what a dollar's worth today ain't nothing. It's nothing compared to what it was back then. Yeah. You know, America currently on uh, Wall Street, they're saying it's a little over 22, 23 trillion dollars in debt. Well, no, that's not true. They're not adding in Medicaid, Medicare, all those things, the IOUs that they have for all these other nations. America's over seventy trillion dollars in debt and it's growing every day. They're printing millions every day, which means you print more, the money becomes less and, less and less and less and less and less valuable. That's why also people need to start looking at gold, hence why gold is so high right now. Yeah, all time high this week. You know what yeah. I'm saying? All time high silver is going up, even though some people say oh, I don't buy silver, but the pre-1933 silver coins, in particular, you should be buying because those are worth about, I think it costs about $23, $25 per coin, so you wanna get some of those. Why? Because the dollar, brother, is about to become completely obsolete. It's about to get to a point like it got over in Europe where they were having piles of it in the middle of the street. You know, they was burning, you know, smoking cigars, lightning <clears throat> with the money. I know some of y'all are like, man, ain't gonna happen. Listen, bro. <laughs> They're, they're talking about this economic gap because of the pandemic. Nearly 40 million people were unemployed employed just a couple months ago right. in America. So you're going to give a stimulus check to 40 million people. You're not going to give $10 to 40 million people. You see what I'm saying? So you're giving millions, billions, trillions that you don't have to people who are not working, and then you shut it down again, which is why you know Trump and everyone else wanted to open it up. They're like, listen, it don't, it don't matter if people get sick. Either we're going down economically (laughs) or we're going down physically and health wise, we got to choose one. So they'd rather open up the economy, let some people get sick and die, but to allow us the the economy to thrive and survive because it is upside down. You see what I'm saying? That's what it is. So, but it all started again with the international banking families of Europe. And then, of course, Pushing for war to make more money, sending people to die, more war, more money, more interest, et cetera, et cetera. And that is what it has been since nineteen thirteen.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because um a lot of people might not realize, like you said, that the Federal Reserve Bank is not a it's not it's not a government agency. No. It's just Fed it's like it's like um Literally. It's like FedEx. Like, it's just like you know, what I'm saying, like, yeah. just be, ha- you you would just automatically think it's, it's federal and they yeah. print money and they so mm-hmm. just by default you would think okay, it's part of it's part of the government, no, but it's all. actually not part of the government it's at all. Not at all, and it's interesting.
1: Not at all, bro. Anybody who was dealing with economics, I mean, this is this is the show y'all watch. You know, y'all watch these brothers. They give you the game. They give you as much game as possible. That was possibly some of the most important game they could give you is to understand the difference between the Federal Reserve and the government when it comes to money, the monetary system. That's why Bitcoin is so important. Some people talk about that always. Oh, the, the, the economists in America will say all oh, kinds of crap because it's not controlled, it's a universal currency. You can't control it. You can transfer it anywhere. So mm-hmm. they're like, uh, no, it's bad. Because we want y'all to stick with the American dollar. Mm-hmm. No, nah, hell no, nah, we know what's <laughs> going on with that dollar. That dollar's gone, That's done for. Okay, so now you have to look at other forms of currency and be very wise about looking at other currency, investing in other currency, and moving your money around. Really? you I got to start pulling your stuff out of the bank in a minute. I ain't trying to go against what y'all, I don't know. I'm just saying, <laughs> any thoughts you got on that, you know, you let me know, but be very mindful. Just understand that, you know, don't put all of your money in one location that is controlled by the Federal Reserve or any of its banks. Yeah, no, you know that's what? what
2: I'm you saying. know what? A, I don't know if people know this, but there's a shortage of coins. Come yeah, on, bro. That's, that's been all over. That's yeah. interesting. And B, um, yeah, the bank thing is interesting because it's like, all right. What's the odds of bank having not enough money until they don't have enough money? Because, <laughs> because people start because taking their money. They in Greece in Greece a few years ago, yeah. they shut the banks down. You they made a stop on ATM because people was trying to so it's like theoretically, like if you have ten million dollars, the bank doesn't have ten million dollars. That's don't. why they only insure two hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you go oh, we dropped that one, go ahead. like you literally can't <laughs> yeah, like what? Yeah, you, you yes, literally sir. can't yeah it's the FDIC insured so you could literally only take up to a certain amount and then they got to like actually order other because there's, the, there's regional banks mm-hmm. for the Federal Reserve like there's, fe- there's federal Reserve regional banks like St. Louis, New York, LA like there's different regions so they have to order the money mm-hmm. and then this is kind of a more involved conversation, but that kind of goes with the interest rates yep. right because they charge the regular retail banks money to actually borrow so when they lower their interest rates so or when they raise the interest rate it all comes into play and making
1: money off your money
2: right
0: yeah exactly. that, that, that's one of the things that that was i mean a lot of people said that to us and hopefully people get the message but like money is a tool to get assets Absolutely. right it's having yeah. it sitting in the bank doesn't mean anything i know like fernando had told us that and it stuck with my mind when you just said that it was like yo every dollar is a worker to me so i got to put that money to work you gotta
2: put it to work you
1: have to and let it make money for you you know that's that's where the investments and the assets in. Own something that builds and its and its value increases and in its worth. That's what we have to look at. Again, most of the people in the hood, y'all are like, look, I got forty dollars, bro, for the next week. Okay? <laughs> I'm being real. Okay? And That's you're a like, fact. I fact. 40 dollars for the next week. Fact. What can I do with this? That's why we have to now pull our resources. We don't have a choice, bro. We have to practice group economics. There, there is no choice here. There's none. Most of the people in the hood don't have two hundred dollars to their family. And I know it may sound crazy for some people. It's like, no, 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 seriously. No, a even, fact. even the money that we do have, we're spending it in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. But we have to now look at, okay, what can we afford to put in a pot, depending on what block we're on, depending on what hood we're from, the hoods, y'all got to come together and start putting money in the pot, whatever crib hood, blood hood, essays, whatever, and start putting your dollars together so everyone can work a little and no one would have to work a lot, and then you can start buying up things. You know what's crazy? Really I, I feel
2: now. like... We're the only people that have to be convinced about Cougar economics, because everything no. else, because like I went to this Indian wedding, a, fr- a friend of mine's Indian, it was my first time going to an Indian wedding, so it's a whole week experience if you ever been to an Indian wedding, it's like, mm-hmm. and he was Sikh, so they had like a, um, oh, yeah. it was like a whole thing. So the whole, so the long story short is like, where he lives in New Jersey, like, that's where like, mm-hmm. the whole town is all Sikhs, and um, they have an interesting thing where they own like motels. Yep. they own like a hundred motels come on, bro. and uh um, yeah and then like he was explaining to me the process so it's like one person from india comes they buy a hotel then they send enough money for the next person to come and then the, they work in the hotel they learn the business of the hotel listen and then the other people give them money to start their hotel when <laughs> they get enough money they pay it back and then it's like a whole thing that they just run it back again so i see that in other cultures and it's just like it's interesting to me because that's group economics. That's group economics. But for us, it's still something that we kind of have to really be convinced and understand. So, uh, what, how, how do we how do we get away from from that <laughs> mindset and really move into make it normal? Like yes. make group economics normal.
1: One, it has to be promoted, and it has to be it has to be um, talked about more by those of us that practice it in a positive way. We got to we got to brag about that. Like, yeah, bro, I put my family on. Like, I say it this way: this book was edited, it was written by me, black man, then it was edited by black woman, then my product manager, black woman, which is my sister, then her two sons, they are employed as the packagers, so we employed them, then I have my uh, my mother and I have, I think, two cousins who also work for me. I employ my own family, mm. you know what I'm saying? Black women for the majority, but black people, period, that's it. I said, I'm not about to employ nobody else, I'm employing my family, I'm gonna free y'all up so that we can invest in each other, and then we can go ahead and build on something else. And we are building on something else now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. I'm not playing no games out here. That's, There's a lot of black people and families who are doing this.
0: It's great pride in that.
1: Come on, bro. And see, I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> We're doing that right now. Yeah. And you have to be, you know, it's we don't trust each other, bro. Yeah. And, and we yeah. can sti-
2: we, we we can stimulate each other's economy even All with day. with us. Yeah. Like, so they see me and Troy as the host of Earn Your Leisure, but it's more than us. So we have Mike. Who does all of our technical okay. stuff? So we all we, right we, we all grew up together. Another one of our friends, Jamal, he just left, but he's the head of our marketing. See? So then Mike's brother is like he edits because I write, but I'm not the best with grammar. Mm-hmm. So he's our editor for okay. our, our writing. Way and then his uh, his other brother actually edits our videos. He DJs mm-hmm. our live events. So it's like, why would we pay somebody else? We could stimulate each. We all come from the same neighborhood, right. so now we're stimulating each other's economy. And ultimately, it's only gonna come back to all of us anyway, That's and make right. all of us stronger. Yeah. As Without opposed to trying to, you know, work with this person and that person, and it's yeah. like, by before you know it, like you don't even understand what's going on. And I feel like people will take more pride and they'll they'll go the extra mile because and, now it actually makes sense. Where yes. it's like his brother's gonna work harder for him. Yeah. Because he know he right. wants him to be successful. Right. Like, you know, yeah. it's not right. just a random person who you just outsource, and it's like I'll get to it when I can get to it.
1: Man, I'll say I'll say two things on this. First of all we as a people have to be willing to work. That's the, that's the part. Like we gotta be real about this. This is what the accountability is. <laughs> that's into. a big fail. <laughs> that is a big playing, one. man. Yeah. If I put yeah. you on, yeah. be on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, like yeah. Don't, 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 don't give me a bad name. I'm, <laughs> I can't. I'm doing my best to keep this thing
1: afloat. Don't come in and be like, man, what a bag? I'm just trying to get the bag. Like, can't get it's plenty of bags. <laughs> we we're talking like it's only one bag. That's a fact. Like, no, you got to keep adding to You okay? We're gonna give you a bag, it's gonna be empty at first. Yeah, you're gonna add to it. I'm gonna switch a lot of rappers, be talking, baby. Don't be tripping. Yeah, no, it's, you're gonna add to it. And us as a people, we are the bag. That's what we got to get through yep. our head. We are the it. value. It's this, come on, bro. It's the value. We have to add to that. So, we we add to that piece and we have to be prideful or proud and, and thankful and happy to work for one another. If I'm working with my brother, I'm working with my brother, and we have to treat. The people that work with us fairly too. Right. So we gotta have love. We gotta have respect. We have to have trust. One major reason why we don't trust when it comes to money, is really a a traumatic thing that has been passed down generationally as a part of what happened with us with the Freedmen's Bank. The Freedmen's Bank, when black folks we were technically slaves but they're not, whatever, and we became free, et cetera, we were putting our money in the Freedmen's Bank. Okay, so we were putting our money in there and our savings and all that, and after a certain point, they just took all our money. <laughs> and goodbye so, and they're like but well, no you can't get your money back nah that's it boom so our money's gone now they're like we're like okay hold on hold on so we were rushing now hearing about that rushing just take whatever our money take it out and just spend it just spend it spend it spend it, spend it. because they're gonna take it from me so i gotta spend it to get some assets something physical you mm-hmm. know so so now i have to it's it's a traumatic thing that's why we just spend 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 we don't save because we think damn it if i don't buy something i'm gonna lose it that's really it's a deep traumatic thing yeah. that happens us, especially in the hood. We gotta buy the sneakers, we gotta buy the necklace, we gotta buy this. And I realize most of that jury is fake. <laughs> a lot of y'all I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about ones that I know personally. You know what I'm saying? Not y'all. It's real, you know. And so, so we don't want to give our people this fake. Uh, hope of aspirations in something that doesn't add value, doesn't add wealth, doesn't build up us as a people and really when you're putting people on when you're buying up land and real estate and you're going into technology and business and all of that, it takes time but it is the most long lasting that little quick dollar ain't nothing it is how long is the longevity, the consistency? Can you create which will create generational wealth like motels and stuff like that, brother? That's never ending. Yeah. yeah, you see what I'm saying, and that's families that do that. Families and they eating for the rest of their life. I'm tired of this whole get the bag. No, bro, I want to get get the business. Yeah, get the business, okay, <laughs> and then and build from there and just keep going until. You know, we, we achieve that generational wealth.
0: Yeah, so speaking it's about rappers and obviously get the baggers, that's yeah. one of the slangs. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the accountability and responsibility that they have? Because, I, I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like you might be just like a generation below us when it came to the music. We always talk about how it raised us. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that, this generation? That.
1: Rappers, people listen to y'all. That's just what we have to get through our head. The children listen to what rappers say, no matter what you say said lean Percocet. Okay, they're gonna <laughs> sip and Percocet. That, <laughs> that's that's a what fair. gonna do. That's yeah, that's unfortunately, it. it's what that's you do as an influencer. Most people who are rappers, you know, they like. Look, I didn't sign up to be no leader. Yeah, you did. Sadly, you did. The moment you decided to be in front of people, you in front of people, and people like what you say. So they nine times out of ten are gonna want to do what you say to do. They're gonna want to act like how you act, dress how you dress, go where you go. That's what it is. If I'm interested in you. I see what you got on, I like that. Because I like you, Mm -hmm. it's the personality attached to it. I like the personality, I wanna be like the personality. It's a psychological game that we have have to understand that we're playing so you gotta be very accountable when you're doing what you're doing. Just the the athletes, the rappers, the actresses, the actors, everybody, gotta be accountable because people are watching you. So regardless of whether or not you feel like you signed up to be a, a influencer or a leader, you are that. Now are you doing it properly? Maybe not. But you have to understand, people are going to follow what you do and what you say, so we just got to take responsibility for that, bro.
2: Um, so you're a member of the Nation of Islam. Yes, sir. So I was talking off camera as far as, um, I don't think that the Nation of Islam, people really understand as far as, one of the founding principles of it was an economic structure. Mm-hmm. Like it had, uh, when it first started uh, in the 60s, even 50s, um, you know, a lot of restaurants. Yes. Um. It was, uh, it was importing fish, I believe, from Peru yep. um, with boats and trucks, That's right. farms, <laughs> mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a whole thing, and the slogan was like, do for self. That's right. So economics was always a big part of it. So mm-hmm. I, can you enlighten the people on that? Because like I said, they might have heard about the Nation of Islam. They might have had some preconceived notions, but they might not have known that part as far as the business structure.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'll say this. When it comes to our people, you know, when it comes to us as a group, The number one thing is to make sure you keep our people economically undermined, disenfranchised, keep them out of the market, make sure we don't have the ability to access capital, large amounts of money so that we can do for self. That's been the overall agenda of this system. However, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad came up with something called the economic blueprint, where he said five cents a day, 35 cents a week, less than 20 dollars a year, and we all pour that money and pool it together so that we can have a practicing group economic system where we can buy our own farmland, where we can establish our own businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So he started that, and the do for self or suffer the consequences is specifically what he said. Hmm. He learned a lot of what he learned from uh, when it comes to economics from the honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey with the entire, you know, the movement under the Garvey movement, which was very successful as we all know. So by implementing this The Nation of Islam rose, as I said, not only with farms, as you brought up, importing fish, schools, businesses. Uh, We had sewing companies, you know, clothing companies, all these things. And, of course, employing all of our own people. Mm -hmm. And it grew into an over $80 million economy with the Nation of Islam alone. Hmm. Talking about in the the 60s. right? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the do for self still stands today. We still practice that today. We actually, when the government came in and pretty much destroyed everything, uh, removed our schools, removed everything, you know, arrested a lot of the people. They, they did not want it to be known that that was that there was an independent group of black people, intelligent thinkers, peaceful people, but you're not going to mess with us, <laughs> you know, but we are peaceful, mm-hmm. who are doing for self and establishing our own everything just how everyone else is doing. Chinese are doing it, Indians are doing it, Jewish people are doing it. And the issue was that for us in particular, because we wanted to separate and establish our own everything, that became a problem. So we still have it today, schools. We have farms. Security. You know, oh, oh, security all day long. Yeah. <laughs> that, right? you, you, you we'll, get we'll get there. We'll get there. You got to secure what you own. People you know, getting it twisted out. You yeah. know, but, but we have a lot of these things still established. We have the number one black uh, news publication in the world, the Final Call newspaper, yep. independently you know, produced, published, and promoted by us uh, with local, national, and international news about different topics and subjects, including economics. You know, So, yeah, man, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. It, it was a, a larger circumstance back then but once it came down we of course resurrected it, and now we are still going.
2: how did you said the government um kind of squashed it or Mm -hmm. yeah how how did that how did that go and what what what
0: time what's the time frame we're talking about
1: oh yeah you're talking about in the late 60s uh early 70s where they came in of course when the most honorable elijah muhammad departed in the mid 1970s that's when a lot of different things started happening businesses started shutting down they started to go in you know certain people uh, left and became discouraged, you know, once you once you feel that your leader has departed, it's very, you know, disheartening, it's heartbreaking. So a lot of people left the businesses, a lot of businesses shut down, a lot of companies um, started to buy out businesses and companies. The schools, they were arresting the teachers of the Muhammad University at the time because we fought to have independent schooling. In large part in America, it's because of the Most Muhammad. That independent schooling even exists. Mm-hmm. Um, him, Sister Claire, Mama, we that was something that we fought for because he said if our people want to learn education about us, we must be taught by our own, just how everyone else does that. So again, that was a problem. So these are different components that the government came in and said, We're gonna take that, take that, remove that, buy that out, etc. You know, arrest these people, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was a large pool and e- economically. Um, That was a major thing that they said, we're going to snatch this. And they try to come up with things saying, well, this is done illegally and this is illegal. And we're going to take this and taxes and whatever. You know, they just try to find any way to destroy the base and the foundation. So they were successful partially. But again, because of because of Minister Farrakhan and all the work of the believers at that time in the late 70s and the 80s, we were able to resurrect it and reestablish everything. We're still coming back up, but we were seriously able to come back. After yeah. something that usually is, is devastating. Now, I've I heard you
0: say before you were born into the nation. Can you talk yeah, about yeah. that journey? Because I, I know that you've been studying and, and, and obviously teaching as well. But mm-hmm. I know you went into political science in oh, college. Yeah. What, what's that journey been like for you?
1: I'll say this: uh, being born, first of all, in Compton, the youngest of ten children. You <laughs> said twelve. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, Attitude. We, that's a big man. We got some big families. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the youngest of ten children, five boys, five girls. And growing up in Compton, uh, we went to Muhammad Mosque number fifty four. In Compton? Yeah, in Compton. Okay. That's a Compton Mosque. So I was praying in Arabic before I prayed in English. Um, I was waking up 5 a.m., washing you know, my hands, feet, ankles, for ablution and all that, praying on the rug with the compass on it. I didn't even know what I was saying when mm. I was 2 and 3 years old, but that's what I was doing. Yeah. Um, um, all of our last names are Islam, so that's real interesting, mm-hmm. going to the airport right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> but being born into it, man, it was a different lifestyle because we were all known, our house was known, as the Muslims, like we was known as those the Muslims in the community, mm-hmm. okay. so everybody, everything was cool. You came around our house, everybody was cool, respectful, they saw us walk down the street, oh, they, them the Muslims, don't give them no pork, you know, <laughs> like that's how, it was funny, but that's how, that's how it was when we grew up, that was the lifestyle, you know, it was a beautiful thing, and so from that point, um, up until about the age of seven or eight is when I was practicing, going to the mosque, et cetera, our stepfather, who was the one that brought us into Islam, was arrested and brought to jail. Mm-hmm. So when he was taken to jail, family collapsed, different things happened. You know gang banging was something that uh, occurred with some of my brothers and some of my family cousins mm-hmm. um, my oldest sister was on she ended up on skid row on crack cocaine for about 15 years oh, wow. so she's still alive thankfully she made it through she's cleaning and I'm thankful for that but this is the clock the the, the, uh, the circumstances that were happening around our family so at that point no one was going to the mosque anymore so it was just me and my mother and then from there Uh, We actually went into the Christian church because she was going to a program when she was a naturopathic doctor, et cetera. And she was having her people go to this program, her clients. And at that program, uh, she met up with a Christian pastor. And so they were doing things, working out a lot of, you know, situations for different patients and stuff like that. And, you know, I said, well, this is where we're going to be at. I was like 19 years old. So she said, okay, you know, this is where we're going to be at, et cetera. And I was learning the Bible at that point. So I started learning the Quran, mm-hmm. et cetera, praying the Arabic uh, in a the nation. Then I'm now in the Christian church for a certain period of time. Then after that, boom, circle all the way back. Now I'm back in the nation. Like that's how literally, that's, just in a nutshell, that's pretty yeah, much yeah. how I went. <laughs> so have you, have
2: your other siblings, are they, have they come back to the nation or?
1: Uh, they, they love the nation, but to my knowledge, none of them are in a, in a mosque, okay. to my knowledge. But most of them, they, they live in different states, different okay. cities. Still got the last name Islam. Say Assalam alaikum They like Look, we we Muslim. We you know we mm-hmm. love the nation. Love the minister. It, it is what it is. You see what I'm saying. So whether yeah. you're in the building or not, Islam is right here. So the building is not where the building isn't what makes you a Muslim. Right. It's what you practice. It's how you live your life. That's what it is. So you know that's why I love my family, man. That's why we all tight like that.
2: All, right. That's all dope. right. Yeah, that's interesting, especially yeah, that's right. on the on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I feel like um well just in general, but like from ice cube, like it's been influences oh, yeah. in the in the music as far as with the, the nation of Islam specifically. Mm-hmm. So um I always felt like you know, it had um a stronghold as yes, far as yes. like, you know what I mean? Like even I saw you with Nip um yes, before sir. he passed Rest in peace. Like yes, I know sir. he had ties and you know, I think you did some security for him before yes, I believe, sir. right? Yes sir. How was how was that experience?
1: Man, this I think this is the first interview I was asking about about Nip, man. That's a funny telling you brother. He was when I met him, first of all, it was for a Carl Kanae pop-up mm. uh, not far from, not far from that was here off of, uh, Fairfax. Okay. And uh, it was the 90s collection. <laughs> and Nip came in there. We were on his detail. And he was a tall brother, first of all. People, people don't know. He was a tall brother. I was taller than him, but he was a tall brother. <laughs> all right, And uh, he wasn't no joke. He was very humble. He talked to everybody, shook everybody's hand. How you doing? You know, et cetera. Boom, boom, boom. And when he Spoke to me. He was just like, man, I love y'all, brothers. Man, y'all always looking out for us. Y'all always been in the hood. I learned a lot from y'all. That's why. That's why I rock with y'all. He just kept saying, I love Miss Farrakhan. I, that's that's like y'all are always in the hood. Mm-hmm. The only ones I see always in the hood. Not saying that you know other organizations are not. There's a lot of groups that are. He was just saying, you know, I rock with y'all. And he learned the economic piece because a lot of people were saying, yeah, yeah, get all that, definitely. Bit, yeah, that's you a know, fact. oh yeah, bro. He studied Message to the Black Man. Uh, which is a book that he gave TI. TI asked him okay what book do you recommend like which one first he said Mr. the black man read that one and in there it goes over the economic blueprint so he would get mentored by the western region representative of the nation of Islam whose former name is minister tony muhammad his name now is minister uh minister malik uh abdul malik saeed muhammad so he would be his mentor he was mentoring him for about a good over seven years, and wow. he would call him, ask him questions about economics, about business, about you know the brotherhood, and just get advice on being a man, etc. So that economic piece and him going out and studying Bitcoin, all that kind of stuff, was in large part because of the Nation and what he was learning from what we were doing. You see what I'm saying? So just him as a brother, man, it was it was uh, it was a powerful thing being around him. He was very intelligent. That's another thing. People really be sleeping on the hood, man. I mean, they, they really. <laughs> Really think we ignorant out here. I'm from Compton, you know. He's L.A., he's Italian, it- 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 and he's out in L.A. It's a lot of brothers and sisters coming out the hood. Y'all from New York, and so when people see us, it's very interesting how they approach you. Yeah. Because they really think you don't know a damn thing. Yeah. And it's like, nah, I, I got a lot of knowledge down here. You know, yeah. like really, don't don't play with me. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's how he was. He wasn't. He wasn't flamboyant. He wasn't boastful. You know. But if you try to test him, he'll flex on you. <laughs> you know, you it, that's he like, So like, let you know, no, no, I know something, bro. You know, yeah. sit down. But he would more so show it rather than talk it. Yeah. And that's something I really respect about the brother. He was just consistent, did the work, and he built an empire that really employed a lot of people in the hood.
0: That's a fact. I, I, that's one of the quotes that you said. You said that the greatest soldiers sometimes come from the worst areas. Yes, sir. And so you made a concerted effort to go back into these areas. Yes. Um, I saw on your Instagram, so I had to talk about it. Because when we went to Chicago, oh, we yes, drove sir. by. <laughs> old block, and we're like, yo, that's old block. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I saw you inside there, and like you said, when 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 you see people from the nation, it's just a, a certain level of respect that you give. What yeah. was that experience like?
1: Old block, bro. First of all, uh, the security guard looked at us like he was crazy. <laughs> he's like, y'all y'all trying to come in here? We, we all, you know, we all suited. He's like, y'all y'all know where y'all at? Like y'all coming in here? He was like, yeah, it's old block. He was like, yeah, was like, you coming in here? Like so he, now he's looking at us like, what y'all bringing in here? We suited. Come on, man. You know, like. Come on. This
0: ain't the wire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 no, it was forty eight. He,
1: he like, no, okay, cool. All right, I, I see. Uh, yeah, y'all, y'all the brothers. He said, well, um, he said y'all got a park over there and y'all can walk through. You know, we're not letting nobody drive in right now because of the whole COVID and security and yeah. all that stuff. So we go in. First thing we see is four, five children playing outside. First thing you think when they talk about Chicago is. Don't nobody want to be outside. Everybody's shooting, man. It's don't nobody like nobody. It's it's, it's, it's a jungle out there. Mm-hmm. But the first thing we see is five children playing outside, smiling, little just little children. Yeah. And you see three elders, one sister sitting down with her baby, it was a two-month-old, smiling, just playing with the baby. Another brother was sweeping grass. Now, I don't know... What that meant? Uh, but he, just, <laughs> he was sweeping the like, okay, brother. Yeah, you got to paint the whole picture. Do you think? I got to, like, you know, you ask me a question. I can let you know. So, yeah. He, so we, we, all, we walked up to them. we just talking to them. cause it's like, man, it's a lot of love right here in this area. As soon as we walk in, we're just talking to them, asking them about this neighborhood, et cetera. And the elders were saying, well, no, man, out here on the outskirts, they say you got the gate in the front. And right on the inside of that, you know, the first layer is the front, which is cool. He said there's a lot of us elders here and ain't nothing going on. He said where you really need to go is up the middle. Mm. He said up the middle. He said, he said, go straight down, turn right. He said, y'all got that piece on you, though, right? <laughs> that's what he asked. He's like, he said, now, if y'all gonna go up the middle, he said, that's where it really go down. That's where all the crazy stuff is and everything. We said, okay, that's where we want to go. Yeah. He said, well, well now just, just make sure y'all got that thing on you, right? <laughs> we said, yeah, brother, we got what we need. We, we, we good. <laughs> so we walked and went up the middle. And the first thing we see, some brothers sitting in the car, smoking, eating some sisters over there. And uh, we heard some dirt bikes and everything. We're like, yeah, this 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 is more like it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was there with two brothers from Baltimore, one brother from Chicago. So we like, this is, see, our people, brother, that's where we want to be. Yeah. We not Hollywood, we neighborhood. And we really love being around our people. Somebody so, said in Come on, bro. So when we get there, first thing people looking at us like, oh, the hell are these dudes like coming in fully suited. First of all, it's hot and we all in black. That's the other thing. They like, all right, hold on, man. It's like a movie. I'm I see like, you had like <laughs> turtleneck on. Yeah, 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 yeah. People really was like, y'all crazy. <laughs> crazy as hell. Like, you got to be out of town or something. <laughs> We was like, yeah, man. I was like, yeah, I'm from the West Coast, et cetera. But we, I said, we just came from doing a music video and everything. They like, music video. They said, oh, y'all, y'all the brothers. Because they saw our pin. I okay. said, you know, in the name of a lot. Of he was like, oh, see, so y'all in the nation. Okay. They said, yeah, so they said, oh, man, well, you yeah, the brothers. Do be coming in here, man. We, we appreciate y'all brothers. They said if we didn't know it was y'all, we would have told y'all to get a body here. Mm-hmm. That's how real they was. It was like look, we would have just told y'all to get a body because y'all ain't about nothing. That's what they what they were saying. And um, we start talking to them. Turns out one of them is one of the biggest rappers from that block. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had no idea we didn't know who it was. But this is how this is how a lot of works. How God works. So we're talking to them. They are talking about business. They start asking us questions. Mm-hmm. How did you get out the hood? We was like, get out. We still live in the hood. It was like, you live in the hood? You looking like that? You said, yeah. You you know, like, so so the mindset, we were working on the mindset of our brothers because they couldn't believe it. Like, y'all talk like this, you walk like this, you still in the hood. And why did y'all come in here? We said, because we wanted to come talk to y'all. The brother said, yeah, this brother from the the West Coast, Brother Reza, he came out here from the West Coast. He told us to take him to the hood. And I said, don't give me no downtown, nice little, no, I need, bro, bring me. Where, where it's popping off at. Where the, where the news is saying is the worst. Harris, right. bring me there. That's where I want to go because that's, that's that's home for us. So when we got in there, bro, it was like they just couldn't believe it. And they said, y'all not selling us nothing? Y'all ain't trying to like, you know. We said, no, sir. We just want to talk to you. It blew their mind. They said, damn, man, that's that's love, bro. And after that, we had a conversation. We were there for about a good two hours. It was like, look, man, whenever y'all come to old block, bro, hit us up. We're going to get all the brothers and sisters come out. Y'all can talk to him, whatever y'all want to do, man, because that's that's love. That's how it should be. That's how it should yeah. be. Yeah,
0: that's that's representation. Like, and, and that's kind of what you've been saying from the beginning. It's just like, yo, a lot of times we don't aspire to beat things because we've never seen it. So like to see that type of love yeah. and come into your neighborhood, that's what should that should be the, the, yeah. the response to it. Yeah.
1: And it was different different brothers from different neighborhoods in different cities and different states. Yeah. So two brothers from Baltimore, one brother from Compton, one brother from Chicago, first of all, y'all not fighting. <laughs> That's first thing. Y'all ain't fight. That's yeah. the first thing. And then secondly, y'all all came in here with the same message, and it's all about love and just talking to each other and building up each other. We talked about business and economics with them. We did. Yeah. You know, we talked about brotherhood. We talked about bringing unity to the hood. And what y'all doing? How? What? What do you need help with? Like, what do y'all need? Y'all got food in here? You got water? Like, what's going on? And they were just educating us. They said, "Man, y'all some, y'all some real brothers, man." So they all gave us their number. They said, but "Whenever y'all need to come up in here." We'll take you wherever the people are who need food. We know where the elders live at, where the children at. Y'all let us know, bro. We gonna we gonna you know bring y'all around. It's powerful. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, man. I mean that's what it's about. It's about touching the people. Yes, sir. And um, you can't be afraid of, nah. of your own people. And it's interesting too because it's like different it's big, envi- different environments is like because even um, you know we're from New York, so mm-hmm. you know like you think of like the slums in New York, like you think of housing projects, which is mm-hmm. Like, you know, tenement buildings. They're, yeah. they're very large, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like twenty stories, fifteen stories. But mm-hmm. we driving through South Central. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And it looks yeah. like a nice neighborhood. Like in reality, I mean, yeah. like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like it's like it's kind of surprising because it's like these coast
1: on trip. Listen, we got we got our hoods may look different. <laughs> no, no, no. no I'm just, no no, no yeah. So yeah. I'm
2: saying it's like, yeah. you know what I mean, as far as the, the I feel like um sometimes the mindset yes. like can place good neighborhood and make it bad yeah. like you know what I'm saying Definitely. it's like the resources might be there to actually make it a good neighborhood mm-hmm. but you know other elements can turn it to a bad neighborhood but on the outside looking in mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily fit the description right of what a slum or a bad neighborhood yeah. would be. It's, true. it's not
0: a favela right yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> especially if you grew up in it you, you know you, you can't really tell the difference a lot of these children like I said when I was walking in there and just watching them play around throw football and we threw the football around with them and everything they they didn't they couldn't tell we in the living the projects they, nah. like this is our home yeah. yeah it's
0: it's like that bubble mentality exactly. it's like yo i wish and working in the inner city it was like i lived 8 miles from where i was teaching so i was yeah. like i used it in my mind but like i really wish these kids could just see what 8 miles away looks like come on bro like it's just 8 difference. miles away like just a bus ride away mm-hmm. how much different life looks um because they just live in this bubble world where it's like this is all they know. But al- a lot of them. This but, is, but also, it goes back, I think, to
2: appreciation because, like, we talk about Harlem, mm. and it's mm. like, all right, you see it being gentrified at a very alarming rate, mm-hmm. and yeah. you see Best style being gentrified at a very alarming rate. Yeah. But it's like a lot of times we don't fully appreciate it until it's oh, yeah, actually yeah. being taken, right? Because it's like wow. even in New York, like there's projects, but then there's a, a neighborhood called Stuyvesant Town. So Stuyvesant Town literally looks like projects. It's the same thing but that's not pride, it's not public housing. It's just mm-hmm. regular people live there, even wealthy people live there, but the upkeep of the, the buildings mm-hmm. are way better. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, inter- it's an interesting dynamic because it's like, all right, so that now, like even where in where we live in our neighborhood, there's a, a public housing project and they're turning it into luxury buildings, mm-hmm. but they're keeping the residents there and then they're like, it's gonna be like mixed use. Mm-hmm. So the theory, I was talking to the one of the developers and he was like, the theory behind it is that if you give people a sense of pride, where they live, they're gonna take better care of it. Mm-hmm. And now the mindset of I'm living in the project, so I don't mind it being bad, is that now I'm living in luxury. Right. So mm-hmm. it's a responsibility to upkeep. So what I'm saying is that I just think that we should have that same mindset no matter what, because it's upkeep. Because like right. even with, I see like the nation, like you pick up garbage on the streets That's and right. stuff like this. Like little stuff like that, like just litter, littering. Mm-hmm. You don't really think about it, but it goes a long way yeah, before absolutely. you know it it's like the whole it's like a domino effect yeah. i think
0: I, I think that's one of the conversations we had it was like yo if i gave you a bentley you are going to treat it like a bentley oh, if yeah, i gave yeah. you a toyota you're not going to treat it like it was a bentley you just going to look Oh, it's a toyota yeah, you, you know what i'm saying a we toyota got like it is a exa- exactly exactly yeah.
1: yeah see that like you said see, you made a very good point when you said we don't appreciate things until they're taken away from us that's a big deal because now people are talking about gentrification but it's like like you say, you'd be you know, littering, you'd be doing all kinds of throwing stuff out the window, you don't even, you don't clean up around the neighborhood, you know, like this is this is yours. But if you don't treat it like it's yours, then of course somebody else is going to claim it. You know, right now we have on 88th and Vermont over in LA, these new housing units that they just put up, and I'm like, okay, it's usually a lot of homeless right there, it's a lot of neighborhoods right there, you know, it's right down the street from Vermont and Manchester. That's South Central? That's South Central, this okay. is LA. I'm like, so... Who the hell invested right there in, mm-hmm. that, in that area? Because I know we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, who's going to be living in there? Because mm-hmm. I know it's not going to be us living in there. So to me, I'm like, see, now we, we got to change this up because the moment they start coming back in, we can't complain mm-hmm. because it's too late now. Mm-hmm. We need to be pooling our resources, our money right now and start to buy up piece by piece, And which is what we we are doing. You know, some of us are doing it. Mm-hmm. Others are not doing it. But as a people, we got to get into that mentality of, yeah, you may not have all the money as an individual. Right. you live in the projects. You got $20, though. You got 20, the, your next door neighbor got 20, each person the projects, y'all can come up with a 20. We can all put that together and then we can start buying up plots of land and then we can start building on it. That's how the mentality is supposed to be. Yeah, then it becomes ours, right? Yeah. Now
0: it doesn't become something we're renting and it was like, oh, we can't pass that down. And we also, we,
2: take we interviewed um Chris Senegal. He's a real mm-hmm. estate developer in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So what he's doing is interesting. He brought like a whole block in the Fifth Ward, mm-hmm. which at the time was a really bad neighborhood. It was like prostitutions, liquor stores. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty dilapidated, so he he he's re, he reno, renovated the whole block, yep. townhouses. Yep. But what he's doing is that so it's like all right. Usually, somebody from the hood does good; they become a doctor, a lawyer, whatever. They move to the suburbs. So he's right. like, all right, those people that are originally from the fifth ward that moved to the suburbs, he's like recruiting them mm-hmm. to come back. That's how you do so it. it's like yeah. you know what I mean. Like now you bring him back. So it's not even like you 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 um compromising. The economy Right Because but right. now it's, it's, it's raising But now it's helping everybody Because the school system And that But mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's people That actually care For the community And a part of the culture Because it came from it As opposed to somebody That just has nothing to do With the community at all
1: Build up the hood Do not abandon the hood That's how it is You know a lot of us See funny thing is Now a lot of people Who left the hood Now they're looking to the hood Because the activists Have become the celebrities yeah. y'all do in neighborhood? I come down there. It's like, mm-hmm, see? shouldn't have left, right? But that's that's the. It shouldn't take all that. But now, I, I'm very proud of that brother for doing that because that's exactly what needs to happen. Whatever hood you came from, it's really like adopt the hood. That's yours. Adopt it, <laughs> yeah. man. What you doing? Like it's like a newborn baby. You just left it. No, it's your hood, it's where you came from. It's what gave you your foundation, good or bad. It's what up to make you what you are. So go and adopt it. You don't have to buy everything, but at least buy something and like you said, start to renovate it, revamp it, reestablish it, and build it up so that the hood's value can go up people can feel good, like, damn, that's in that's in the hood, man. That, mm. that, that look good. Yeah. You know, somebody might tag on it, you gotta handle them. You know what like, <laughs> yeah. I but you gotta, it's, it's a process. Yeah, you know, yeah it's yeah. a
0: process, a and idea. once you start doing that, like like Big Business said, like, you you are the comps, oh, right? Yeah. So now, like, this house is yours, and the one next door, y'all own it, y'all set the comps, hire but every, him. the appreciation of the neighborhood goes hire up.
1: Hire the people in the hood, man, that homeless dude, hire him, since you sitting right here, all right, I'm gonna make you the person who watches. Take this radio, and if you see anybody trying to tag, Go and radio let us know. We're going to pay you a couple hundred a week to start. And we're going to clean you up. I'm, I'm serious. Like, yeah, this is really hard. Yeah, 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 you hire them. You know, say, look, you're going to work for me. You don't need whatever. Just come on, boom. You're going to work here. You need a job You 15? Come on. We, we got something you can sweep up. You can help to paint. Whatever. That's how it is. We, we think a little too deep when it comes to this stuff. It's very, very, very simple. A couple hundred dollars can go a long way for one person mm-hmm. to help them and their family. And you can give them a job that takes maybe less than two hours to train them to do that will help to go toward the collective. You know what I'm saying? It's real simple stuff, man.
2: You you brought up a good point where you just said that the activist has become the celebrities. Oh, yes. And sir. Um, <laughs> Let's go, don't get mad, y'all, right? what is what it is. No, okay? no, 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 no. It's true, especially with social media, the rise of social media. Yes. So, um, I see a lot of stuff that you do and and but one thing that I'm interested in is like your branding because yes, like I feel like you've branded yourself your own way. It's kinda that's like true. like I don't know if you you ever heard of Wallow two six seven? Oh yeah, yeah. Love my brother. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that, that's, that's my God. That's my guy. Shout out to Wallow. He's been on the yeah, podcast as well. So right. um yeah, yeah, but another one, he's just very interesting. He has an interesting story and he came out, he's a motivational speaker yep. and he did twenty years in jail. So mm-hmm. but you're you're branding yourself from a political standpoint, an activist standpoint. Mm-hmm. But it's still It's still a brand. Absolutely. Right? So, like, what was your thought process behind that? Did you originally set out to become a social media influencer? And how did you you build that brand? How did that happen?
1: (laughs) I'll say this. First of all, I never intended to be no social media influencer. (laughs) Not even close. Um, I've been doing this work, meaning activism, uh, being a researcher, educator. I've been doing this since I was 11 years old in the hood, in Compton, specifically at a nonprofit social betterment uh, literacy program. That's where I was working since I was 11 years old. So the people coming into the program was blacks, Mexicans, people who were on drugs, people who were on probation, just got out of jail, trying to get their children back, people who couldn't read, couldn't write, people who um, were having to go to this program in order for them to get their children back, in order for them to get their rights back or whatever. All this stuff, this is what I've I've been doing since Mm -hmm. I was 11 years old. So teaching people, educating people, cleaning up, you know, the community, being in the community, all this stuff is what I've been doing long before Instagram was even created in 2012. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that, that's why when people talk to me, they're like, man, how do you study? And it just comes so natural. I'm like, because I, I do it in real life. <laughs> like, some of y'all started on social media, right? Some yeah. of y'all started on social media, yeah. now they're trying to bring it to the street. Right. I started in the street and brought it to social media. Yeah. That's the difference. And and that's not to belittle anybody. You know, it's the beauty is good. We Wherever we are, good. Keep progressing. But I started and am still in the street as an educator, you know, activist, etc., researcher. So I saw social media and I noticed, okay, well, man, if I can educate the people. I know our attention span kind of short we got 60 seconds so <laughs> let me do what i can and i do you know speak kind of fast so yeah. maybe we can do something with this and like you said so i started doing videos and it started flying real quick i was like oh dang okay well i guess this is what i'm gonna start doing just to help the people more than my immediate environment yeah and it took off so i mean i just you know nowadays they, they haven't shut me down yet we know your work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm surprised I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised they still let me on. No, no shadow bans
0: yet, no shadow bans no, yet.
1: Man, I'm telling you. No, they
2: you let know. you rock. Your videos yeah, be getting a lot yeah. of views. I, I see I appreciate that. that.
0: So, 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 speaking of social media and its mm-hmm. positive or negative impact, um, one of the things you, you said is that right now, this might be the most ignorant generation despite having the most access and resources to information. Yes, sir. Can you go into that a little bit?
1: Absolutely. This generation, first of all, Minas Farrakhan says, is the most powerful generation that has ever been produced, number one. Uh, We don't fear this system. We don't really care about what white people got to say. We really don't care about what anyone has to say. Mm -hmm. as, As this generation, we really are just ripe and ready to do whatever needs to be done for our freedom. All we need is proper guidance. That's it. So we have the whole world in our hands, but we don't know where to go. We looking at nothing, but you know, twerking, TikTok, whatever. <laughs> Hit the wall all day. Yeah. You know, like, and, I'm, and I'm, I love dancing, so I can't hate on that. But at the same time, it's like, damn, we can utilize this to make some some change, bro. I mean, we can cause a or create an entire revolution just from this. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So we need just the right guidance. So the ignorance, meaning the lack of information, the lack of knowledge. Right. So we lack. The knowledge about a lot of things was going on politically, economically, agriculturally, with us as a people, with us as a nation, with us as a society. So we have to give them the knowledge that they need and then give them the guidance. Because we got all the access to the information. So if I say, look, hashtag, you know, Black Cash Mob 2020, which is my hashtag. Hashtag Black Cash Mob 2020. All black owned businesses, spending on all black everything. Mm -hmm. You send that around, that gets... 10,000, 20,000, 40,000 shares so you just created an entire revolutionary constructive change and a lot of people can access and they can follow it and they can progressively do something in their community wherever they are. They're not next to you. They're in another city, another state, another country but they are being involved in something that you originated that spreads across the ethers of the universe. That right there bro is, that's the power we have now. Yeah. We just have to keep them being guided in the right direction. That's the only yeah, thing. You gotta know what to look for. That's it. They just need to know, like, yeah. what what do I do? Where do I go?
2: That's I want to I want to ask you about Kingdom Pay, and I want to talk about your book as well. Yes. But I have one question before. Um, AI, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. um, is something that we we've talked about a lot mm-hmm. on on our platform, mm-hmm. and because um, I remember, like, in New York there's tolls a lot of tolls yes, yes yes and i remember when those were jobs people you know you would give them five dollars and they mm-hmm. give you four dollars back or whatever and they mm-hmm. they break the change for you and that's what they they stood in the booth all day mm-hmm. summertime winter and you know they got paid 15 dollars an hour or whatever they got paid and that was a job for a lot of people mm-hmm. and there's no everything is is through cameras now, yeah. and they take pictures and they send you either Easy Pass or they send you a bill in the mail. Mm-hmm. And now we, we see with Amazon Ghost Stores yeah. where there's no cashiers and you just All walk wrong. out the store. It's just, yeah. So mm-hmm. Andrew Yang spoke about this. Yeah. Uh, he got a lot of um, publicity for it mm-hmm. when he said that, um you know, it's going to be an economic tidal wave. Yep. I believe he said an economic tidal wave that's going to unproportionately hit the black and brown communities yep. because unfortunately, these are the people that have most of the lower paying jobs, and manual jobs, right? What are your thoughts on artificial technology? Mm -hmm. How do we get on the right, because I I look at it like it's not going anywhere. It's only going to be, so it's like we can complain about it's taking up jobs, or Mm -hmm. we can try to get on a different side of this thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a real situation and it's going to only, more and more jobs, I think are just going to be lost because it's just more efficient yeah. from a business standpoint. So right. what, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I'll say it this way. Uh, that's where when your first, quest- first question dealing with capitalism, now we are back at it now on the negative end. Because if you're willing to hire a robot uh, <laughs> versus a, a man who has been doing this for 20 years, probably went to school for it, or if it's just a warehouse job, he's a good worker. He's, you know, he comes in on time. Young brother, he's like 25 years old. You know he got two children. He works hard. That's what he does. You'd rather not do that because of the higher liability, etc. He may get injured, sue you, whatever. All right, I put a robot there. Business-wise, sounds very sound. I mean, yeah, a robot gets, you know, beat up, whatever. Don't matter. <laughs> you know, I, it's a robot. It. I just make, I buy another one, whatever, or I have insurance on it. Sounds amazing. Here's the problem: How many robots? <laughs> how many jobs? First of all, do you think it will take? for the system to understand that eventually it's going to hit you, the rich, the people making all the money. Because after a certain point, you can't have robots for everything. This is where these futuristic movies come into play when it comes to all the way from Terminator, all the way over to iRobot, Robot. It's I know I'm dropping a lot of names, all these different things where people have to understand the moment you start making technology and you give it artificial intelligence, you're now delving into the area of God after a certain point, like giving robots citizenship.
2: In Saudi Arabia. In yeah. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Now she
1: got a driver's license. Now it's like, okay, well, hold on, hold on. See, what, what you doing? She has a driver's license? <laughs> That's crazy. It's like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> what, what are you doing? There is a limit here. Yeah. You know, like, listen, we have to maintain our humanity. Money cannot be your God. That's why with some people, they say they believe in God, but people, when it comes to money, some of them believe in God, gold, oil, and drugs. God. Yeah. Mm. Not actual, you know, the supreme being, etc. You have to look at your humanity here. Is that much money... Worth it? Where I just got? I gotta have? I gotta be a billionaire, a trillionaire, and all that. But at the expense of people who actually live their lives. This is this is where that evil and wicked type of mentality goes. So we have to be very mindful here. You can still employ people, have your robots, etc. But if you want to have robot technology, okay, good. Help them go clean up the neighborhoods. Send robots to go uh, help the people who are homeless, people who are you know medically uh, handicapped, etc. There are many different areas that we need it, but y'all gonna send it to the jobs to take it away from the people who are actually working hard to take care of their family. So I'm not, I'm not interested in the way they're doing it. The issue is that they're going to keep doing it as long as the people allow it, and also as long as the people keep putting their hands out for these jobs, rather than doing for self, yeah. Rather than pooling your resources with your own community, your own people, and setting up your own companies, your own jobs, to where you will survive. Because this whole economic situation, bro, blacks and Mexicans for the majority, we are the warehouse workers. We are the bus boys. We are the ones who work for these cab companies. We are the ones who work um, being waiters and waitresses and all this kind of stuff. All of these jobs, bro, the people who do subway, subway, all yeah. this stuff, we are the workers for that. So, pretty much all of those they can replace with robotics. And they have looked at that. That's why he was yeah. saying that. Yeah. He was like, you know, I think he said about a year, what was it, did he say 2050 or 2032? One of those two, he said, a large chunk of the jobs are gonna be replaced by robots. Yeah. Because that's they're projecting it because they're planning it. And it's it's very sound. So again, we got to get back to us building our own things and doing for self because the corporatocracy, this corporate government and system, they are going to do what they want to do. But if they don't have our cooperation and our involvement, then it won't affect us. We got to pull out of this system, bro, and establish our own. That's really the only way we're gonna survive this, to be honest with you.
0: That's crazy that you said that. I actually really wrote that down, that, the gold, oil, and drugs. Because that's a conversation uh, Shadi and I, we always have, and I'm like, yo, you can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. So, like, that used to be, like, like my brother, he's actually a pastor now, but we used to have this conversation, like, you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. That would lead to, like, a three-hour conversation about James money. James. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Oh, oh before, before we go there, be interested in technology. Let me, let, let me not, you know, like, <laughs> that's what I forgot to say. Be invested in it learn it, um, understand how it works, and then also use it for us as a people. We need to have technology when it comes to virtually mm-hmm. everything. We just don't need to overwhelmingly use it to where we say, okay, good, I'm going to use all this technology and not give the way for my brothers and sisters to make their own money and to have a livelihood. No, let's use it to help us to maintain a livelihood and to build right. a livelihood. That's what we have to do. So we have to use it for the progressive way rather than it you know, being a a heavy, wicked, capitalistic way of, I'm going to just make all this, and I don't give a damn if you eat or you eat. It's all about me.
2: Seriously? So, speaking speaking of technology, Kingdom Pay. Yes, sir. What is, can we talk about Kingdom Pay?
1: Yes, sir. Kingdom Pay, partially owned by uh, Brandon T. Jackson, uh, another brother, myself. It is the black-owned version of Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's people's like finally yeah, it is legit. yes it's legit we have some of the top people in these top companies people who have been uh training these companies been doing this for a long time very powerful it's 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 i mean it almost seemed impossible you know when i was approached with that idea and when they brought it to me and they said "Bro, this is what we're doing this is what it is and, you know everything's set up and i just i was like finally because this is what it means to do for self. We need to be able to have a way to transfer and send and receive our own money. Because if we start getting our own money, cool. But if we're still transferring and using their systems with which to move it, then they still have our control. Or they—they they, they still, We're still under their control. So we have to have a way to move around our own money. So kingdom pay, that's what it is. And it's because kingdom pays. It's not about your religious group. It's about do you believe in God, the kingdom? You know, the, the, the king dome, the king that sits on the dome of your mind, whatever you call God, him, it, her, whatever. Do you just believe that there's a supreme being? Boom, that's all that matters. We're not about all that nonsense. Because, again, when it comes to money, the color lines don't shouldn't matter. But when it comes to the control of your money, yeah. everyone should have their ability to control their own.
0: So Kingdom Pay is through an app and a website? Oh, yeah,
1: oh yeah through an app. It's out, it's out right now? It is about to launch. It's a soft launch right okay. now we're talking about. It. You know it is? Go download it. Uh, definitely, but and it is free to download. Same things, Cash App, PayPal, all of that, um, and it does all of the same things. And you also are able to invest in Bitcoin. You're able to have your digital wallet, all the same stuff that you. Would oh yeah. See. Oh yeah, no, it's it's legit. Y'all definitely got to check it out, man. Yeah, got when it, when, when, it, when it drops, let us <laughs> oh, know. Yeah, when oh, it yeah. officially
2: drops, let us know, and we Absolutely, we could yeah, for oh, yeah, I'll make that announcement for sure. Um, speaking of crypto, mm-hmm. I've seen you spoke about crypto a lot. Um, what are your thoughts on on crypto? Yeah. We've, had, we've I, had in my mind, I was, had some, I, some 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 experiences of,
0: yeah. on, with you, our own just, on oh, crypto. You kind of talked about we got to find some new currencies, and I'm like, all right, well, what's what's your thoughts right, on crypto? Right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, well, first of all, there's so many of them, man. There's yeah, so yeah, many yeah. now. I mean, it started with one, uh, and from my understanding, was created by a Japanese man who goes under another alias so <laughs> that he wouldn't be tracked. And traced because this is something. Shitoshi, right? Yeah. Shitoshi Nakatoto? Man. Is it? Yeah, that's it, man. Yo. I'm telling you. That was good. Yo, this <laughs> like,
0: guy he's yeah. like the Yo, school. I gotta work this. dude mine. never gets it's a like, name right. Now he got that one. <laughs> I'm telling you. But it's,
1: it's, it's, a, it's a trip, man, because now you're looking at a, a a currency that is universal that can be used virtually anywhere. That is a very dangerous thing game, for me. Game changer. Oh, that's a game changer because it's like, wait, wait, wait. And, and in America, there are certain places where they have ATMs now. Bitcoin ATMs, yeah, yeah. Las Vegas, Atlanta. I saw Atlanta. I mean, yeah. So it's like, oh, it's legit. Yeah. It's real. When it first started, you know, 10, 20 years ago, I believe, yeah, a little over 10 years ago, people were investing in it. The Bitcoins were like, I think, a dollar. Some of them were like 30, 40 cents, maybe two or $3. People who invested in that 10 years ago are millionaires now.
2: There's a guy, you're, you know, the pizza story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a guy, if anybody's not familiar, when Bitcoin first came out, this guy, he was like just testing out Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a pizzeria, and he exchanged with the equivalent, he bought a slice of pizza with I think the a pie, amount of a pie. Bitcoin he pie. Bought a pie. that he had now, yeah. I think would've been worth like $18 million, something like that. Yeah, $18, $18 million pie. $18 million pizza <laughs> oh, pie, God. so that's, uh. Wow. You see, talk about, talk about a mistake, <laughs> but it's crazy Man. because Bitcoin. We've talked about Bitcoin on the, on the platform before, but um, mm. it's one of these things that's quietly creeping. It's almost at like twelve thousand. Yeah, right now, definitely right? was over it, eleven. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it peaked at twelve thousand at twenty thousand years ago, and then it crashed, and then it got as low as like thirty seven hundred a few months ago. Mm. But now it's, like, rising, like, upwards of close to 12,000 on, on a low. like, you humble, yeah, yeah, like nobody's watching nobody's it. Nobody's even talking about it. Yeah.
1: And, see, but, and that's why we have to, you know, when I, when I talk about it and there are different forms of it, that's the main thing people have to know. There are so many different forms. There's so many different names, et cetera. Um, be mindful. Be educated, get with people who are experienced in that. Because You can lose everything. Yeah. You can buy this and it is gone tomorrow. And that's the, that's
0: the, we example. are, we are uh, proponents of that. And like yeah. we <laughs> tell everybody all the time, we have lost money. We've yeah. literally lost money. Like we, ha- we try to make a trade and it disappeared.
2: Oh, to, the, to, to, the, to the wrong address. Right. Yeah. We sent it to
0: the one and it wrong disappeared. Access. Like literally, it's in crypto space. It's wow. in, it, it's in See, that. <laughs> that kind of stuff happens too. Yeah. yeah. Kind of stuff, so
1: just be, again, be careful, be mindful, have somebody who's experienced. Really experienced, successfully experience, yeah. and then work with them, and then start start low. Don't be don't toss your whole damn oh, I got, I got thirty thousand dollars of my savings. Yeah. Do not just go just drop. Yeah, invest
0: what you 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 are willing to lose. Exactly. When I, when I knew that it was real, um, and I forget the, the the CEO of Ripple, but they had asked him this question. He was like, "Yo, what's the fastest way to get money from San Francisco to London?" Mm. And somebody said a wire transfer, and they was like, "Nope, that's gonna take." two to three days. And they were like, put it through the bank. They were like, no, that type of money doing like over 200,000 is gonna take seven to 10. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was like, you know the fastest way? Get on a plane with 250,000 <laughs> and go to London. That's the fastest way. And that's real. And that's why we have cryptocurrency.
1: That's real. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. See, and, and, and mind you, see, people are, you gotta understand this when it comes to the physical money and the crypto, again, be smart about both. The gold, you gotta look at it again, because. We see gold is rising. The silver coins, the pre-1933 silver coins, you got to look at those. You know, there are are different things that you have to look at because, as I said, the American dollar is going down. So because of that, now you're forced, we're forced to look at other forms of currency. We just have to be smart about which ones we choose Mm -hmm. and how much we invest in each one. You know, whichever one has been seen to be the most valuable, the most solid, the longest record, gold never is going to lose value. Right. That's the physical asset. Good. Silver, et cetera, and whatever other ones that you have seen that have that type of longevity. Those are the ones you want to stick with first. And then, of course, you can look at the other forms of currency. If You live in Africa. okay, Check those out. You're living in Mexico. You're living in wherever. Look at how you can invest and transfer into those. When I went to China, I didn't know that I was supposed to go to the currency exchange area in the international terminal of the airport. I didn't know I was supposed to give them my, like, two 300 bucks there, and then they'll give me back the currency, you know, Chinese currency. I didn't mm. know that. I'm on a plane, like, $400 in American currency. I get out there in China. I'm trying to buy some food. And they're like, they're looking at me like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they're looking at you crazy. Your yeah, money's no like, good here. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bro, I, man, that's when I said, oh, I get it now. Okay. See, when you leave the country, you feel it. Yeah. It's a big difference. Yeah. You know, you especially, the, like, America's dollar is not accepted everywhere Yeah, now,
2: China, you know. Europe. Cause on, it's stronger. Ahead. Europe is stronger. Even in Europe, it's crazy. Cause I was in Europe and I was in France. Mm-hmm. I tried to use an American dollar, and they was looking at me like I was crazy. Like, yeah. cause it's less worth than oh. the, the euro. So I had to get euros. And then I went to London, Two. and then I Pounds. tried to use the euro in London, <laughs> and they looked at me like I was crazy. Come on, bro. Cause the euro's worth less than the pound. Come on, so it's come like, on, yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: a real it's, thing. You gotta you gotta research it, and especially if you want to travel. If you want to leave the country, you have to understand, okay, America's dollar is worth a dollar here, uh, one of the euros, or is worth half a euro, okay, so I need two American dollars for one euro to, you know, for example. Then you have to look at, okay, how much money do I have to bring out there to actually make the equivalent of what I think is going to be <laughs> right. worth out here? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot to understand, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, but, but we really do have to look at other forms of currency, is my point. We have to look at it. Like, we don't have a choice. Look at silver, look at gold, and again... Different forms of Bitcoin have experts or uh, get training. There's something that we're going to launch as well when it comes to that—an online academy for people to be able to take trainings in those areas because that's what we need to learn. That as well as real estate, etc. But so, it's really that time, bro. So we have to look at other forms of currency.
2: So, message to the millennials: Can you talk yes, about? So. <laughs> can you talk about the book and um, what it entails? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, what's what's the science behind that?
1: Message to the millennials: If you if you flip it over on the back, you'll see. A picture of myself uh, you see Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad okay. Mr. Farrakhan because this book was inspired by Message to the Black Man mm-hmm. okay the same book again that Nip gave to T.I. the same book that, was, that has been read by well over 10 million people um, that has sparked the consciousness of millions of people and this one I said okay for this generation we need to know about some of the top topics affecting us as a people and then us as a human family on the planet I need to put something in a book that if they shut my social media platforms down, this will be a guide for this generation to help them to navigate through what's going on. That's really what I looked at. And the, the tipping point for me was in 2018, I believe, or 2017, pardon me, the FBI classified black people, black youth, who are interested in loving our people, being passionate, but also who are fearless and who will stand up to police brutality they are now labeling us as B.I.E.s or Black Identity Extremists. Hmm. It's like, wait a minute. So you call Black Identity Extremists? Black Identity Extremists. Okay. So they came out with that, which is basically cold, a cold term for COINTELPRO 2020. You know, where they're going to try to infiltrate the Black revolutionary groups and organizations that really are us, just standing up and saying we demand justice. You know, we want freedom. We want equality. You yeah. know, we're not, we're not trying to go out here and kill police and kill white folks. Like that's not what we are about at all. But if the people are to understand what's going on. They need to have somebody to give them something specifically in this generation. One, this generation doesn't read that much, okay, which it works both sides of the brain, so reading is very important. But two, I said I got to give them something that's going to go over social media, first of all, because I couldn't find a book that was really going over heavily social media. Chapter two is in there. The book uh, goes over Live vision programming. They're telling you lies, and <laughs> they're programming you visually <laughs> by telling you lies. Nice. Okay, so they got that in there. It goes over some of the mind control projects that are established through social media and through television, etc. It goes over uh, unity and pulling our resources, our economics, and it goes over some of the cities more than just Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma, more than just Rosewood, more than just Central Avenues here in LA. More, it goes over a lot of the different cities that we own where we were thriving, we were flourishing, we have businesses, et cetera. It goes over all of that, that's the last chapter, which is talking about pulling our resources, establishing our own everything, et cetera. It goes over a lot of stuff, bro, a lot of stuff that this generation needs to know about so that they can navigate through this system. It's plain and simple. So I said, I I gotta find a way to put it in a physical form to get it out of here because they're gonna shut us down. They're gonna censor us at a certain point. You think so? Oh yeah, I I know so. I know that's the other thing, I was looking looking at uh, Congress We're trying to propose a bill to censor anyone talking about conspiracy. Anyone talking about conspiracy. Any type of conspiracy. Conspiracy is not a bad word. It simply means when two or more groups people, organizations are coming together to do something that is evil and or wicked. That's what conspiracy means. So that's not bad. Now, conspiracy theory is different, but conspiracy is not a bad thing. So America's trying to cover herself by saying we're going to take down all the videos on YouTube. We're going to take down the videos on Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, where it's talking about what we're actually doing. And we are going to censor, which is destroying the freedom of speech, which is in the First Amendment, freedom of religion, speech, press petition, and assembly. I said, if they do that to this generation, which is the social media generation, and we can't access the truth entirely from those who are really bringing out the facts, then damn it, they're going to have their information completely sifted and controlled. And they will be mentally manipulated. I said, I can't let that happen. So I had to put those things in the book. And it has now been called the number one handbook for this generation. It's has been selling very well. It was my first product. I've been doing this work in the community, in the streets. Never had any products. Hmm. I've never been about products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been about doing the community work. But, you know, once you start realizing bills, got to get paid, got to find a way to, you know, hey, it is what it is. Nice. You know? yeah, so, this is your first so book. First book. So you first minute. You, you published it yourself? <laughs> yes, sir. Self-published. I created my own publishing company. Again, Where, where can they where can they get it from? RezaIslam.com. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go get it there. Of course, you click the link in my bio on Instagram, but RezaIslam.com. It is not going through Amazon. It's not giving them thirty
2: percent. and are thirty percent. Thirty to forty. Nah. What, is, what is it? Derek oh, Derek Gray spoke to us about that. Oh yeah, no,
1: no. Like you said, hire your family and and let them do it. Like I said, my packagers, my my product handlers, my product managers, all of them. That's my family. They like they are paid to do that. A living wage. You see what I'm saying? Like we yeah. can do that. And so when you when you realize that you're buying this, first of all, the information that's in here, <laughs> a lot yeah. of people. Um, of course, I go over one major chapter is chapter six. It's depopulation.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? It goes over genetically modified organisms, it goes over vaccines, it goes over a lot of stuff like that. A lot of the information in this book is very heavy information that I broke down in as easily understandable uh, ways as possible. But I've had certain scientists read this, certain uh, celebrities read this, and they hit me and they're like, listen, that's some heavy, stuff in that book, like that, that's some really heavy stuff, which is why I said, I'm not putting this on Amazon. I'd be damned if they banned my book yes. and <laughs> cut off the money, cut off everything, I'm like nah, because now there are families that rely on this. So yeah. people realize that when they buy this book, you're getting knowledge which is in, I mean, totally invaluable and it's, far, it's worth far more than what you purchase for, but you're also supporting families too, black families. You see what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's what That's what y'all preach, that's what y'all teach, that's what we have to continue to understand is if there's something of value that is going to bring you solutions to help you in your condition and you're helping your people at the same time that's what it's about you see what i'm saying so that's the win-win right there it's a win-win bro yes sir
2: Reza islam it's been a
0: pleasure brother oh it's been a I'm pleasure honored, this is well worth the wait man
1: uh, man man <laughs> my apologies man but it's it's i'm i'm honored again i uh, love the interview brothers uh, i love the fact that you are educating our people about ec- economics um, because from Marcus Garvey down to honorable Elijah Muhammad, even all the way down to our brother, Dr. Claude Anderson, with Powernomics, you know, we have to take this on and really stop being the victim to everything that's going on. We can be the ones who create, we can establish, we can build, we can do this. Like, it's really not hard. We can actually do it. So I appreciate you, brothers, for doing what you're doing, because I've been watching your network, and y'all been consistent. <laughs> I appreciate uh, it, I bro. I appreciate that. Appreciate
2: talk, it. Any, any uh, last words you want to uh, leave the people? How can they... Uh, Mm-hmm. follow you on your social media handles website all that stuff
1: yes sir everything is under Reza Islam everything's under Reza Islam until it gets shut down hopefully not <laughs> um, and if, if they try to shut it down I'm gonna be on other independent apps as well and I'm serious about that but you know it is what it is um, continue to learn family I' just say that continue to learn don't be afraid pull your resources don't think that you need to have a lot of money to be independent don't think you need to continue to work for somebody when you can't establish your own and do something for yourself. You can come together as a group, your family, your friends, the you know, like I said, whatever hood you're from, and establish something. Find the need, see the need of the people, and provide a solution for it. It's real simple. That's why you see the young brothers selling water on the corners. You see people selling food, candy, masks, and I mean, everybody. You know, they they, yeah, they we gonna hustle. find a way. We, we gonna find a way. Yeah, we but gonna we, find a way. We our economic kingpins out That's here. Yeah, you yeah. know, when we wanna That's like we'll do it. So just see the need of the people, and find a solution for it. And you can make money off of helping your people with something that they actually need. So don't think too much about it. Really look at five things that you can establish and bring your people together, your family, your colleagues, friends, etc. And uh and yeah, man, let's let's really come up out of the situation. We're not going down with this government, damn it. We're not going down with it. <laughs> no sir. <laughs> no
2: sir. Troy, housekeeping items. Yeah, shout
0: out to everybody on patreon.com. That is our proud to pay program. We have five tiers. Big shout out to our, our two newest Members, uh, Laron and Jamira, they are Tier Five members, so we're gonna be speaking mm-hmm. to them very shortly. And uh, everybody knows, if you're Tier Four or Five, you have access to EYL University. That is our online school, the number one business school in the world. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting there and everybody that's been getting the merch from EarnYourLeisure.com. We got new flavors up there. We we trying to wear new shirts every day out here. Yeah. So that's shout awesome. out to everybody that's been supporting. We love you. Uh, keep supporting.
2: Yeah, for sure. And Once again, man, thank you to California. We love it out here, LA. This I'm hopefully that's I'm right. a. I'm going to move out here, man. I love it. Hey, welcome you, brother. I love it out here. Shout out to the East Coast. We love (laughs) y'all.
0: We got to make our way to Compton before we go.
2: Yeah, that's a fact. I was telling him the other day. I'm like, yo, let's go to Compton, man. Like, I just want to just go. We was trying to go. What should we do? I'm going to ask you off camera. I'm going to ask you off camera. By the time they (laughs) hit us, we (laughs) won't (laughs) be there. for sure. (laughs) For sure. But yeah, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Peace. Peace.